Welcome to Moment Talk. We are back from taking a break for today. We have a real estate agent that was caught right in the middle of a uh, raid from the SWAT team. That was crazy. On top of that, he also changed his life from being an ex-mechanic to now a real estate agent. There's so much detail and info that he has to share. But first, I thank our sponsors. Let's jump right into it. Collective Vision Fashion, a, vi- a fashion design competition, a collaborative team of three de- designers bring you an original virtual fashion design competitions. We are providing a unique platform for your designers to create, innovate garments with each specialized challenge. You can find them more on Facebook at Collective Vision Fashion. Oh my God, it's like I know you're not in Fresno, like, you're sacked, right? I'm in sack. It's yeah, almost 120. What? Is it record debt? Oh man, hotel. Yeah, so hot. Yeah, so I know Fresno just broke a record uh, today, like 112 or something. Like the last time was 110. They broke a record today of key. And you guys are, what, 120 or something today? Man, last I checked, it was like 118. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> are you in the are you in just in your room, the AC blasted on? Yeah, dude, the AC is on. The AC is not on. I wouldn't be here in the podcast studio with you. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. I'm glad you're not uh, fry like some egg rolls. And you sure look burnt like one, like an egg roll. But <laughs> I know. Maybe, maybe I do with dark. the color, yeah, kind of brownish can. I show color. houses, man. I'm always in the heat, dude. You know, <laughs> did, today, did you have uh, a show today? Yeah, I did. I uh, I was out with three clients. That's a good problem to have. It is a good problem to have, you know, like uh, we've been looking for a while, but yeah. I was with three clients today. I did not get home till like 3 p.m. So I started my day at 9 a.m. today. Got home around 3 p.m. Before we get into that, I always like to ask you, yeah, is because the audience, the listener, one thing we do not know about you. One thing you guys don't know about me? Man, I think everybody knows something about me already. If you guys are subscribed to my YouTube channel. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll leave that at the end. Uh, um, I think, man, I don't know what people don't know about me. Um, I used to break dance. Really? Yeah, Can you still compete. do one move? Huh? Can you still do like at your age? Can you, yeah. you get pull grind I, maybe do a flare or something like that? I can still do probably flare, windmill air flare. No way. I, I mean it, but I'll crash. <laughs> no way. That's awesome, man. Were you part of any like? Like old school, like Looney. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was part of Air Steps. Oh no way, dude! That's so awesome, man. Yeah, I was part of Air Steps. Actually, uh, finisher from Lou uh, dances with some of my uh, the newer generation Air Steps. We had him on the podcast too. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, we had him podcast. We talked about that too, about his little crew and what awesome, what an awesome guy. Now he has a, a school now that he teaches. Yeah, yeah. He teaches your student too. You said. No, uh, he used to battle. There's a battle. Came, okay. when, whenever he's in California, he battles with uh, some of our uh, students. Why don't you go, jump on in to like, move aside, son. Let me, nah, man, let me tell like how it's done. These, these, <laughs> these, these young cats nowadays, they, they got it going on. You know, they're in a, we're in a different time. So And also but, the moves are so innovating now. It's so different yeah. now. And like, wow, this is with air flares and there's so more trick moves. Like, dude, I've yeah. never thought of that versus a simple, you know, flare, windmill yeah. flare. I could yeah. probably never do one, but break my grind. <laughs> pull my grind, and that's about it. <laughs> Long time ago, though. Uh, this was what teenage year? You were sixteen or something like that when you started breaking. Yeah, I I started dancing when I was uh in ninth grade. Really? So that was like that was two thousand three. Wow, man. Quite a minute now, but not too long. No, it wasn't that long, man. I'm still. Hopefully, hopefully, I don't look that old. <laughs> but no, 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 yeah, man. No. I started in uh, when I first came here from Michigan. I moved. For, I used to live in Detroit, Michigan, and then yep. I moved back to Cali, Sacramento, in '03, and then I got into breakdancing because my nephew he did it. He was in Air Steps, and then he introduced me to the crew. And it's funny because the crew is just nothing but a bunch of like vain cousins that I never <laughs> knew was my cousins. <laughs> and so they, we all, I found out we were all cousins at the end of the day, majority of us. And I got it. I got into dancing and it, it was just history from there. I mean, we started competing. We went against um, 
some Korean b-boys in LA too. Um, you know the wow, twins, you, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you guys Jack, look at that, yeah, Kinja, uh, Kinja Brothers. Yeah, yeah they're, the, the they're brothers, our mentors the here in Sacramento. They, the they're from brothers. Sacramento. Wow. So oh, man, uh, we went to awesome. our, yeah, so they mentored us. And then one of my last few battles was with Impact, the, one mm. of the Lord Brothers, Impact. Yeah, yeah. And we represented uh, Hmong B-Boys. We called ourselves a Hmong uh, B-Boys. A Hmong B-Boys. Yeah, A-M-O-N-G. Nice. Yeah, so we, we were that crew. And then uh, we represented a Hmong B-Boys. And we went against last 4-1 Korean. Nice, dude. And uh, we won. Yes, one. It was you and the Bay Brothers. So, yeah. so yeah. So we did a we did a tiebreaker, and I went out for the tiebreaker. And when I went out for the tiebreaker, luckily the guy I went against he fell because he's really good. He's a powerhead. Right. Yeah. But luckily he fell and he messed up, and I was hella happy because I knew we were gonna win. Right, right. Mine was mine wasn't all that, but it was more clean. <laughs> right, right. And so we advanced, he, and we uh we got to like the. So you say from what he from what you're thinking, he seemed like he wasn't a technical do very technical moves, but failed. Yeah. You knew yourself. You were like, yeah. you kept it simple. You know what I'm saying? But just clean. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I think he kind of overdo it where he's just like, he I'm gonna kill this kid, but then he failed at this. Yeah, he did. Take, if, yeah. If, if he would have hit it, oh man, it would have been a he would have good, good murder. But then he he dropped. So I was like, oh yes. <laughs> we knew we had a chance. Yeah, so we made it. So it was pretty good. Wow, that's awesome. Something about oh, well, back in your kids. You have kids, wife now. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been married now? Um, been married for for uh, over thirteen years now. Couple kids. Two kids. My daughter's the oldest. My son is the second. Beautiful man. Sorry, uh, young man. You know, typical Hmong family. <laughs> Happy. He's very beautiful. You're in. You said you're from Michigan, and you're now reside in Sacramento. Actually, I I was born in Fresno, and born then Fresno. um I was born in Fresno. I don't remember much of it because I was young. And then we moved to Merced, and then we moved to Livingston, and then we moved to Michigan, and then we moved to Cali, back in, uh, into Sac. So. This is actually my first time living in SAC, but we came to Cali back in 03. Cali back in 03, and then you've been here. Then you go to yeah, college, obviously, in Sacramento, right? Yeah. Fresno, I mean. Sacramento, Fresno. Yeah. Sacramento. SAC, yeah. and got your degree in. So um, I went to school for automotive. Okay. Fixed cars, believe it or not. And then um, you're fixing houses instead now. Yeah, now I'm like touching homes. <laughs> yeah, for real. I, I I never thought I would get where I'm at right now, but yeah, I went to school for automotive. Had a family already with my daughter and uh, my wife. We were on our own, and I needed something quick. So the only thing I remember was from high school was this guy came out from UTI recruiting students, and they're like, "You'll graduate within two years." I'm like, "Okay, that's quick, good." So I went. Learned about fixing cars, got a job uh, be, being a smog technician, smogging vehicles. You guys don't smog over there, huh? No, Wisconsin, dude, we run straight pipe. Yeah, so you guys don't do what we do. <laughs> we got hella restrictions here. So yeah. uh, I used to smog vehicles, dude. I used to smog vehicles and then for a, for a while, and I, I just couldn't do it no more. Man. I got tired of coming home, getting all greased up in my nails, greased all over my hair. And then I stopped, and I remember before I quit, I, um, I uh, went up to one of uh, our groups. It was a Bible study group, and uh, it was at my house. And I, I told everybody, I was like, man, I'm looking for a new career. Any recommendations, y'all? And then my, uh, my buddy, uh, my mentor now, Billy, he, uh, he was like, hey, man, you ever thought about becoming a real estate agent? I was like, heck no. I'm never going to become a real estate agent. It's like, come, just keep an open mind, man. You got nothing to lose. Just come check it out. Career night. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Yeah, I'm looking for a change. So I went that same week, and I saw how easy, uh, I saw how simple it was. Not how easy, but how simple it was. And I saw the potential for it. So I decided to jump in, got licensed, 
and then um, history, dude. 2016. All right, I'm going to dig, dig a lot deeper in that. I see that you were wrenching your hands all greasy every day. You were a smog tech and probably making, I don't know, 15 bucks an hour or so. Yeah, it was like, and, it was like 15, 18 bucks you an know, hour. So, you know, you were working in hot, sweaty garages too, um, doing it. But you felt the realization that, man, this is not what I think it is. Yeah. Uh, and that was your only career, right? That's it. You didn't get any side gigs and anything. Just from 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 high school and obviously college, you do automotive tech and boom into the automotive yeah, so industry, correct? Yeah. So UTI was not a college. It was more like a vocational yep, educational yep. school. Mm -hmm. So I went straight from uh, high school to just that, and then got out in two years. Started working right away. Um, crazy. Before, before I actually, uh, so before I became a realtor, I, uh, after I got done with UTI, um, I was still getting hours cut. During that time at my current job, they didn't want to hire me as their smog tech yet because they said I just got done with school. I need more experience. So they were letting me do a little break jobs here and there. But we were so slow at that shop, they sent me home sometimes. And some weeks I was probably getting like, 25 hours a week and i was like man i can't do this and then uh, i got tired of that and then one week i remember i went to work and my brother was like hey chia you want to move me to georgia i was like what's in georgia yeah he goes i'm gonna go work over there uh that's the only place that will hire me because i can't find any jobs right here in sac i'm like uh, is this is this after the 08 crisis or where were how old were you no, this is not doing the this is not doing the 08 crisis this is um where, so, yeah, at that so point of turning so life, that's this, this is probably like in um, this is like probably oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, like maybe oh seven oh eight. It is right, right at the uh -huh. starting of the oh eight crisis. Then. Yeah, uh, you said no more to automotive. So oh, what? No, no, no. So you're no, saying no, no, no. it was it was, it was, it was, was like it was like it was like oh nine. It was like oh nine oh oh nine ten twenty. You got into real estate in the worst time. No, 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 no. I didn't okay, get I was about to say. So, so it was. You're, it was you're, you're a legend. You survived it, man. Like, wow, this is a better <laughs> podcast than it's going to be. No, but go ahead, no. go ahead. <laughs> no, my, my time is wrong, but it was around 2010, 2011 was when I went to Georgia. Georgia. So, real estate just started picking back up around 2011, 2012. But then you left the car industry. Yeah, I, no, so, yeah, so I left the car industry. Yeah. And I went to Georgia with my brother. You married. No I was married, but I went alone. You went alone, okay. I went alone. My family stayed here. My wife and uh, kids stayed here. Yep. And uh, we, we had our only apartment. And I, me and my brother moved, and his family, we moved to Georgia and to go work at a sausage factory. Hmm. Crazy, right? And then I was just a machine operator. I was over there for like, dude, six months. And then I moved back to SAC. No Crazy more sausage. Thing. <laughs> Crazy thing was, I was I was at the sausage company for six months, and then my old boss over here in Sacramento, where I was a mechanic to, yeah, got another store and became a store manager somewhere else. And he was like, "Hey, Chia, I need a mechanic, and I like you. What do you think about coming back home?" I'm like, right, come, "How much right. you gonna pay me?" And he's like, uh, he's like bucks." You know what? I'll pay you uh, fourteen dollars an hour." I'm like, "Oh shoot, I'm there. I'll come there next week." You took the offer oh, without question. Yeah, I wanted to come home too because I just flew my wife and kid out to Georgia and they were only yeah. there for like, I think, two months. And yeah. then, and then um, my boss called me and then we left. So I was only, it was like a long vacation, I say. We were like <laughs> in Georgia for six months. And then I came back to Sacramento, became his store mechanic and small technician. And um, yeah, dude. I, and then I became a small mechanic for like another three, four years. And then 2016 was when I became a realtor. I was about to say, if you went through the 08 and you were, you were a real estate, you are legend. You are like, <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good at flipping house at those time of Christ. But yeah, but during that time, I, yeah, it was a crazy time during that 08. My obviously, own, you were no, not even in that. So I you didn't not, know nothing no. about real estate. Like, you were not no, like, during that time, I know nothing. About, yeah. About it. You were uh, just working on cars yeah. um you know what our you don't know much about me too but you still own a car shop for 15 years tire shop 
a, a car shop. We did performance and repair. I owned oh, it too. What? I own. I ran the shop. I sold it. I sold it about three years now. Oh so, wow! But, but that's a whole other podcast. This this is about you, man, not me. So I know. <laughs> but what is it? I know the grind. I know what it is. Yeah, I own. You gotta you, you gotta do a solo podcast about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an ordinary monk dude, man. You know, but I have my own business, but this is not about me, it's about you, but yeah, but I definitely know the struggle, but we were talking about wrenching and, and stuff like that, so I didn't get it too far, but what made you change? You said the sweaty, the sweaty palms, I mean, sweat and the pay, what was the day that changed? Like, no, I was no tired, more. I was tired no of more. working in the heat, you know, I was tired because, you know, as a small uh, mechanic, you would go underneath exhaust while it's running and hot, and it's already 118 degrees right now. Yeah. Imagine like going down there inspecting the vehicle to make sure there's no modification or straight pipe. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and then I was doing that for so long. And one yeah. time, like, um, there was all these fumes from them for these vehicles that w- would not pass fog. Like it was just blowing black smoke. And like, I would inhale that. Right. And like, it's so bad for your body, you know, all that, all those fumes and emissions. And I was, I remember I just told my wife, I was like, man, I don't think I want to do this anymore because I'm tired of the, I'm tired of the politics for smog. Uh, Cause they implemented a new system called star where every technician got graded on each vehicle. And if you weren't star level, then certain places can't hire you. So they just started implementing that. I didn't really like that. And I also didn't like how like, for me, smog didn't really make sense. Man, I'm smogging vehicles for clean air, but man, the one trip of an airplane going to from the west coast to the east coast <laughs> is like emitting over a hundred vehicles on the road. Yeah, so yeah. Like, what about airplanes? You know. So I started telling myself, I'm like, this is stupid. You know, I don't think I could do this anymore because for me, I've always like, I've always uh, uh, known that I should be doing, I could be or should be doing something bigger, right? Bigger, better. And I was, I could never, I could never like stay at a job for more than like a year, believe it or not. Cause I was always moving. I would get bored and I would get tired and I'll quit and upgrade. You went, you went through more jobs than you did underwear, man. Yeah, I went through a lot of jobs, dude. I went through so <laughs> many jobs. Like even as a mechanic, I was yeah. at like, I was at like four or five different shops. Because I was there for like a year and I didn't mm-hmm. like it. Jumped here for a pay raise. Mm-hmm. Didn't like it. Jumped again. Kept doing that until I just got tired. And then met my buddy at my Bible study. He told, he invited right. me out. And now let's concept. Now let's jump into real estate, man. Because your buddy at Bible study, he was one to introduce you to it. He said for you to keep an open mind. Yeah. And and during these hard times, if you're listening. To this podcast doing we're not in an OA crisis we're beyond that we're in a pandemic that's even deeper than we're crisis. yeah so you know for for and as you could hear like this guy just went on three showing is that is the housing market hot right yeah, now it's hot no pun like, intended like i know i like, got it it's, it's 150 like, it's like 118 degree hot <laughs> it's 118 degree hot right three <laughs> showings and you're just booked back to back yeah, th- th- this past couple of weeks been back to back. It's been crazy. Why? Um, and like people are losing a job. Yeah. Why? Why though? Why? Yeah. Why is it so hot? Yeah. I so think people are losing their jobs. You know, some of your friends maybe lost their job too. That's true. You know, I got a few clients that had to cancel because they lost their jobs or their hours got cut, and that prevented them from buying that same home. Instead of buying a home at three fifty now. They're now only qualified for 250. That's 100K different. Right. So I got incidents like that. Um, but I think the reason why people are still buying, um, this is just a joke, but I, I think sure. this is true too, is they, they've, been locked, they've been in lockdown, right, with their family for so long. They just don't want to see each other anymore. So now everybody, that, now that lockdown is out, they want to go out and find the home place. You know, they don't want to get locked Man, in. Man, sounds like me. Again. <laughs> <laughs> no, but all jokes aside, I think the reason why it's still so hot is interest rate has a lot to do with it. Right now, interest rate is at 2%. Mm-hmm. Hella low. Yep, and, low. Um, and um, P- 
people, you know, they, they're getting evicted. People's getting evicted. No, and then those same people that got evicted were the same people that were planning on buying a home because they were tired of renting. But because of the pandemic, it forced them now and it motivated them even more to want to go and buy a home now because if if they're going to stay home, I think what they believe is it's better if they stay in their own home because they can protect themselves and reduce the risk of exposing themselves to Rona, right? So I think that's really what's going on. It's really uh, having a big effect on people uh, emotionally. So that's why there's so many people buying. Despite this pandemic, despite the job loss, despite all this craziness, people are still buying because of that emotional attachment that they want. Because, you know, like, if they're gonna, if they're gonna protect their family, what better way than to do that in your own home? I mean, you could do it in your rental, but you have the chance of getting evicted because right. the landlord might want to sell it because the market's so hot and there's no inventory. Now's the time for that landlord to profit the highest on his flip. Yep. So he's going to kick you out and he's going to sell it. What are you going to do? And I think when a family thinks about survival for their family, the only way to be able to stop that from happening and to always be on the run, looking for another place to stay, knowing, knowing, not knowing when they're going to get evicted, is to buy a home. I think that's what's going on. Do you think it's also the best time to be in real estate? Or it's that, a great in, time. in the real, real estate industry, you know, a lender, uh, you know, anything in the real estate. You know, that's a good question. I think any time is a good time. Here's why. There's always people buying. There's always people selling. But is it the right time for the individual to be a lender, to be an agent, to be, you know, because not everybody could do this. Not everybody likes to go out in the heat and show three clients on a Sunday. Not a lot of people like to make phone calls to strangers that they don't know and eventually become a become an expert that represents them on making a purchase. Not everybody has that kind of motivation and drive, right? We still, I, I always like to say, we still need people to flip burgers at McDonald's. We still need doctors to check our physical health. We still need those people that are getting a nine to five paycheck. We still need those people. And just because somebody is doing so good at their business, whether it's a realtor, a lender, or a podcaster or a YouTuber, it doesn't mean that you're going to do good in it. Right? Like, I think, I think what a lot of people right now are doing is they're comparing themselves to the people that are successful and then they want that. And it's like, it wasn't that easy. Like, you got to look at what trail that person left behind. Why is he successful? Like, what did he do to get himself in that position? Man, he was grinding. But it started but with with you though, with you only, it started with you being open minded, because that's what you said. It did. Open minded. It started, it started trying... with me being open minded, but I was open minded. I'm a pretty open minded person, to be honest with you. Like if you ask anybody, they would say, "Yeah, Chia, he doesn't care about anything. He risks it all." I'm a risk taker. Yeah. You know, and like for me, if it doesn't work out, I, I'll look for a different opportunity. Like I haven't been at a job for longer than a year, but. For some reason with real estate i've been in it for like four years now going on five and like i love it because it's always changing it's always changing i make videos about it i meet clients that become that was first a stranger became a client and it became a friend became a family member you know so it became so much more than just helping somebody buy a home or sell their home so what do you like best real- about it what do you like huh? best about real estate the best thing is delivering the keys okay. and, and um, delivering the keys to a first-time home buyer and also uh, helping a family achieve a big milestone in their life. No, because buying a home is like an American dream. And everybody wants that. Everybody, every family, no matter who you talk to, they got that on their bucket list is, I'm going to buy a home. And then I'll be set. You know, so... Knowing that I'm part of that goal, 
you know, for for a family, it's it's fulfilling. You know, like it, you fight for them, you negotiate for them, you 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 uh, meet up with them, you come back when they get the home for a housewarming, you get to eat with them, you know, chill with them, just build relationship with them, and they're always gonna remember you. You know, and I think I think that's why I like it so much is because it's because of the relationship building. I love it. What would you tell if someone like me who wants to get in real estate knew nothing I about would say, it? Just, I, I want to get in say, uh, I would say go all in. Don't go part-time because here's why. When you go part-time, the client that you're, you're trying to help buy a home, they're going to look at you and be like, hey, I want to go look at a home at this time. And you're going to be like, oh, shoot, I got to go to my other job. I'm only part-time around this time, this time. When you're a real estate, especially when you're first starting, if you are not opening up your schedule for your client, then they're going to go with somebody else. There's thousands of agents out there. Why are they going to wait for you? You're slowing them down on achieving their dreams just because you're part-time. So that's why I always say, if you're going to do it, plan on going full-time and learning everything, start breathing it, start eating it, like start consuming so much knowledge about real estate so that way you serve that, that way you can serve your client because dude this is a big investment you know buying a home is not like buying a shoe i like to say a shoe you can go in return after you wear it for a couple of days as long as you have the receipt but with the home you can't the moment it closes you can't do anything anymore you have to sell it now you know, you got to hire me again to come sell it for you. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's not like buying a shoe, like another. Because of that, you have to grow yourself to become an expert so that you can help your client. Can you recommend us, uh, like, maybe, like, a book or two for those getting real estate and maybe a podcast? Yeah. Um. You, Gary Keller is a really good, uh, he's, he's the one, he's the person that um, started Keller Williams. You heard mm -hmm. of Keller Williams? Oh, yeah. He's oh, big. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's big. So Gary Keller, uh, uh, real estate millionaire agent, that's mm -hmm. a really good book. Teaches you everything. And then um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, that's a really good book. Even though that's about real estate investing. Dude, you're going to be working with investors. If you know how they think, you, uh, they're going to want you to be their agent. Like in the beginning, I started off with uh, actually investing. Investing? I, I, yeah. I no, said in trying to wholesale deal. I, oh, I you went to real estate? Yeah, go ahead. I did two wholesale deals before I ever got, even got my license selling real estate. So... I already knew the mindset of a lot of investors, what they think and what they look out for whenever they're buying a home. So it was so much easier for me to connect with investors. Whenever they call me and they, they're asking me questions, I knew their language. You know, I, knew what, I knew how to utilize certain words to kind of get their attention so that way they know that I know what I'm talking about. You know, like, what, what's your profit margin? You know, like, what's the rate of return that you're looking for? What's, what's net income? What's, what's all of that that you're looking for in a home? You know, and then like I'll be straight up with them, so that helps a lot. You know, that had a lot to do with my um, my success in the earlier years was I knew the language of real estate investors, but that's just part of um, real estate. You know, but then yeah, those two books, Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki and um, Real Estate Millionaire Agent by Gary Keller. Thanks for yeah, giving that too. The uh, book Rich Dad Poor Dad, yeah, I definitely read that. And the other one, I've heard of Kellen Williams for sure. That guy's a huge, you know, built a huge empire. Yeah, Gary uh, real estate. Yeah, man, you've been doing this for what four or five years in real estate now? Four years, going on five. Going on five. Congrats to that, and probably many more years to come. Many more, man. I, I don't. You have sure you want to go back to and do riching? You sure about that? No, man. I like, I like my nails clean. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> Dude, like automotive days, my white tub will be black by the time I'm done. It was horrible. Uh, do you, as a real estate, do you, you know, 
recommend like getting into investing too or holding or buying a house and flipping too all the same time or you just as just jumping in or just be an investor or just you know or do all if you have the income or the knowledge to do it Start you could do you could do all if you want but to be really really good at your craft focus on one thing and then run with it like it, i don't think there's a right or wrong way of doing it there's preference you know, there's a personal preference. So like, if you think you want to be an investor, go all in, don't go part time, go all in. But if you're saying I'm gonna be an investor and a realtor and a lender, it's like you're dabbing, you're never going to be successful because you're so confused about what you're doing, right? You don't even have a vision of where yeah. you're going. So I think like I tell a lot of new agents, you know, like, what are you going to do? You're an agent now. What are you going to do to start building your income? Okay, you know what? Focus on one thing. Open houses. Do open houses only for a season. Six months consistently. Or you want to do phone calls? Okay, phone calls six months to a year consistently until you know how to do it at the back of your mind. But the thing with a lot of new agents nowadays is they dabble. Oh, I'm going to do open house. I'm going to call clients. Um, I'm going to door knock. I'm a send flyer. They do everything, but they suck at everything. Or they're probably okay at everything, but they're not great. So they're not getting good results. And then they go, you know what? Real estate sucks. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think again, it, it just really depends on the individual. You made a success. And I know some other moment out there too are in the real estate business. Uh, and they're doing really well too, as well, you know, and in real estate, it's, do you see the market in your own bias, the market dropping again, like what happened? Yeah. It's a matter of when I, I tell a lot of people it's probably going to happen next year because this year interest rate is still low inventory is still super low. So there's no way the market is going to start reducing until the market inventory goes up. So I don't see any of that happening yet until next year. Yeah, but even when it does go down, it's not going to be like 08 where it drops 100K in price. Right, right. It's going to drop in increments this time. It's going to be like maybe 2,000, 2,000, 5,000, 5,000. You know, it's going to be in increments because the house is going to sit on the market for six months before it gets sold. Right now it's on the market for 20 20 freaking minutes and they got 20 offers in already, you know? But when when the market starts to shift in that way, where it takes about six months now to sell a home, that's when you'll start seeing price drop. I didn't ask you this too, but do you have any house that you hold or house or fourplex or anything like that you hold? Yeah, I, I, so I own a home right now. This is actually my second house. Okay. My first home I bought, it was more of a stepping stone. It was a smaller home. I bought that. Did a little bit of renovation to that and then I sold it within a year and a half. And then use the remaining portion of that to upgrade and buy a bigger home, which but is this home. This home. But you don't have any apartments or nope. multi, no, nothing like that, too. No, not yet. What's your opinion now? And do you plan on getting into that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I'm planning. So, so my wife and I, we just started a staging business last year. And um, it's been doing really good. Um, and um, what our goal and plans were uh, for, for us to start buying flip, we model it and then she could be the one to decorate it, stage it, you know, sell it. That's the ultimate goal um, is eventually I'll get into that realm. But um, right now is not the time, man. <laughs> right now the market's super inflated on the price investors are not buying right now they're selling so, uh, that's what's going on right now for someone who's getting like where how, I, mean, I, I don't have the money man like i want to do this i want to flip house like, I, I don't have the money what do you say to them man i love the idea i love the concept but i don't have the money don't worry money, about the money. money yeah like if you're starting off and you want to be an investor you don't worry about the money because if you have a good deal Ask any investor this. You have a good deal, the money's gonna come to you. You don't even need to go and find it. You could, you have a great 
great ass deal and then you have a cash investor that has a bunch of cash that just wants to go all in with you and split the profit or maybe a 40 60 split you know so dude there's so many so many of those out there you know like so what you're saying to the audience is network and make network. good relationship with someone who has the money of course, how do I you, don't have the money. I don't have ten dollars right. in my wallet, but I might have the knowledge, you know. <laughs> but this guy has the, the money to do this. Yeah, and yeah. So you have to partnership network. with him. So remember, what like, you're saying. this this business, this industry is such a small. It, it it's a big industry. It's really saturated now. But like your network is everything. Like if you don't have relationships with anybody, you're not going to succeed because it's a dog eat dog world. You know, so like if you don't have that relationship, it's going to be hard, especially if you're, you really want to go big. As a matter of fact, for, the, for your first couple of years as a new investor, if you're planning on going that route, you're going to probably be doing a bunch of free stuff. You're probably going to be driving around, driving for dollars for that investor in order for them to even take you in as a mentee. And then when you find good deals, that's when they would even consider going in with you because you've already built that chemistry with them right but in the beginning don't expect to start getting paid right away unless you have deep pockets if you don't the only thing you do have is time so the only value you can give to that investor is time is your time you know so that's what i would probably recommend because that's what i did before i got my license i had a, i i was working my nine to five but i had like break times to where i would go online and find deals and I will bring these deals to these investors. And I got fortunate enough to find two good wholesale deals, put it on the contract and got the deal done without even seeing the home, without even spending a dime on marketing, just by utilizing the time I had to make phone calls from my nine to five job. Do you hear that? After your nine to five job, your side hustle, where you get out five you should be working till midnight and hustling your side hustle like your side hustle is so big you could leave your nine to five yeah. and that's what it's happened what to is. chia that's it happened and it tell me that feeling man that feeling of like you know what i finally did it where i step away from the nine to five tell me that feeling it's good but it, it wasn't easy you know like um I would only recommend doing that if you're really, really sure. Like I had a really good supportive spouse to where like, when the only reason I was able to like quit my full-time small tech job and let go of that whole income was because like she was able to kind of take care of the family, all of our expenses as a whole. And we also had some reserve, you know? And then that allowed me to go full-time into doing this. So I think if you don't have that kind of support system, then like you're gonna have to work to work that full time job and do the side gig full time. You know, you're gonna have you're, to. You're 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 eating your word. You said you need to go full all in, man. Yeah, you do. You do go all well, in. So like I, I personally what I mean by that, what I mean by that is like some people would actually work two jobs, right? People that work two jobs, they don't get they get probably two three hours of sleep a day, which is really bad. So like they work graveyard and they work their regular nine to five. I'm saying you're going to have to pay that price if you really want to succeed. Because again, if you don't go all in and being and, and focusing on that, then like you're not going to succeed. You may succeed probably in five, 10 years, but you're probably going to give up first before you even reach that point. Versus if you go all in, you're probably going to be able to see that success a lot sooner versus if you went part-time does that make sense that makes sense and, and like everybody has their own their own price to pay you know like some people might have to work graveyard shift in order to do this full-time in the daylight some people might have to like get rid of their whole expense and go live with their mom and freeload until they could like successfully build their empire Come on. no shame so in that has i was that person yeah, you know, like everybody, everybody has their own price to pay. You know, like it's, I, my price is gonna be different from yours. Um, uh, Shisho's price is gonna be different from yours. Everybody's price is gonna be different, but 
you need to find out what your price is. Like, in your in your case, I'm gonna overview is pretty much you had your part time job, but when you got out five o'clock, man, you were straight into the books or into the network. You're having emails, you're cold calling, you're making a business call, growing your side hustle. Yeah, dude, like I was doing that. I was doing that for like, I was doing my side hustle for like full time, you could say, while I was working my nine to five. Because while I was at work, I was still calling people. I was full calling people when it was slow. You know, like sometimes no cars come in and you just sit around. I use that time to research, look up properties, call property managers, call investors, schedule appointments, go look at homes. Even though I didn't know what the heck I was looking for, I just went because it was part of the rule, the guidelines, go inspect the property. The key point, what he's saying is take action. <laughs> Let me say it a bit louder for the audience in the back. Take action, right? Yeah, man, you do. You have to. You have to. You have to take action. And like, you know, you hear people say all the time, like, um, knowledge is power. Right? That's not true. Knowledge is knowledge that's that applying the knowledge is power. Mm. Right? When you have the knowledge but it stays up here, then you're stupid. <laughs> you're not doing anything with it. Yeah, you have the knowledge, but you're not doing anything with it. You know, you're being you're being passive. So that's not really power. You know, people got that mixed up. It's really applying that knowledge is how it equals the power because then now you're doing something with it. You're moving, right? So give it's us the same a, thing in any industry. Give us a bad story as a real estate agent. Mm. Bad story. Walk into a haunted house, something like that. No, no, not <laughs> at ahead. all. Like, uh, I, I, I helped this client. Well, I tried to help. I, I didn't know much, right? Because I did not educate myself to become an expert. And so I was just super excited that I got a deal going on. It was like my one of my first transactions, okay. and I uh, I negotiated I negotiated the uh, closing cost right for my for my buyers. And I the closing cost oh, into it. No, no, no. So, oh. so when you buy a home, there's a buyer and there's a seller, right? And when when the transaction happens between the deed transferring over to the new owner, there's closing costs, there's transfer taxes, yep. there's escrow yep. fees, there's lender fees. Yep. So when I did the offer, I, uh, the, the buyer wanted me to include that seller pays for all closing costs. Yep, yep. I was like, okay, yeah, I can put that in there. And then the seller accepted the offer. And then I was super excited. I was like, yeah, I negotiated this for you. They're paying for all the closing costs. And my buyer was like, great, that's awesome. That's going to save us a lot of money. And then I didn't know much, right? So the closing costs that... I negotiated for them on paper for the contract was just the escrow side. It wasn't the lending side. Hmm. Lending side is whole new different fee. Right. And normally buyers are responsible for that. Right. But that's what they were referring to. And I didn't know that until the closing table. Once we got to the closing table, they looked at the fees and they're like, Chia, what, what's this? I was like, that's your closing hug. And then they're like, I thought you negotiated this for us. I thought that the sellers are paying for all of I our did, costs. but you didn't I'm know like, that. I'm like, they are. And what is this? I'm like, those are your lending fees. Isn't that part of closing costs? I'm like, um, it's part of your closing costs because you're the one that got the mortgage. It's not the seller. Seller's just transferring over the property to you. So she was like, oh, okay. So you're telling me you didn't negotiate all the closing costs. I was like, I did. They're paying for all the closing costs but she was referring to the lending side. So anyways, long story short, short, she got super upset at me and she left me a one-star review. She left me a one-star review and because that was one of my first transactions, that hurted me a lot. That, that, and you, that, yeah. that set a fire in me to become mm. the best agent. So I, in a sense, it was a blessing in disguise, you could say, because in the moment I felt really hurt and troubled because I let them down and I did not know how to explain it better to them. So that way they understood that it was that. So because of that, I lost a client. I mean, I made the deal happen, but I I had a bad review and I did not want that bad review. I wanted to be the best agent. Right. Right. So that's set up a spark in me to become the best. And so 
from there, I started learning. I started reading. I started doing everything I can. And then that year, I did 26. I sold 26 homes. Right after that. Because I know with our first deal, again, I know we have good intention and closing yeah. the deal with having the dream home. But you yourself, you say, I safe to say you failed because you didn't know that the lending lending fee was a whole nother fee thinking it's yeah. a closing fee. So you yeah. made the mistake of that, not yeah. knowing nothing about it at all. I was um, faking it. I was faking till I made it. You was faking till you made I it. I was faking it. Like during that time, right. every every question that I did not know, I was always going back to my mentor and mm. asking for help. Like, hey, they're asking me this. What did I do? You know, so like I was doing that for my first year. And then it wasn't until I got super comfortable and I knew it, I knew a lot, enough and that I started doing transactions on my own. You fell, but you fell for, you closed yeah. what, 26 houses? That, 26 when, when year? That first, that first year. That first year. Nice, man. Yep. Um, if you don't mind giving us some number and what is the best deal you ever made in profit? If you don't mind giving some number. The best deal I made was probably uh, highest ever, like ten grand on one home. On one home, was it the easiest transaction you made? No, it was. It wasn't the easiest, but it also wasn't the hardest because I was really, I really got a few under my belt, right? So I think it was like ten grand. Yeah, it was like it was like about ten grand. Um, no, it was just like it was just like any other transaction. It wasn't too hard. It wasn't too bad. How do you know? Uh, to get these right clientele, to get these, yeah. How do you how do you find these right clientele? So I mean, were you looking for like uh, mid level houses to hire expensive more houses? I feel like it's just it could be so much more easier to, to make a transaction um, as long as you know the relationship. The relationship built with the customer is really good. I feel like everything goes very smoothly. Am I right or wrong here? it's some parts of that is right. So the first goal of a realtor uh, in having a successful closing or transaction is your client has to trust you. Because remember, a couple of days ago, they were just your stranger. But then you build a relationship with them. And so they have to trust you. And once they trust you, they they allow you to negotiate for them and write contracts for them and be their agent, right? But a lot of people don't know this, but behind closed doors, agents do so much. They don't just write the contract and show you the home and give you the keys. Heck no. That's why there's 30 days of the transaction because the agent is negotiating fee with the seller for you, negotiating repairs for you, making sure that the timeline goes smoothly, making sure that the lender doesn't take too long, making sure that the appraisal comes back good, making sure if there's any closing cost credit you can get for your client, you negotiate that. There's so much involved. And like sometimes it could be a lot of times where you're pulling your hair out because, the, because you're also working with the seller's agent. And depending on how well that other agent communicates, is a whole new different story too, you know? So like, people don't know that. Like there's so much involved in a transaction. It's not just, hey, I showed you this house. You submit an offer, yay, I got paid. Heck no. I don't get paid till you get your key. No, and that could be a month to two months to three months to a year. Like I've been with a client for two years once where they took that long to find a home, you know? So, I'm surprised hey, you have hair left. I don't have any hair. I must be very frustrated. You see this, man? I, <laughs> I, this just started happening, dude. Like, my wife, like... Me, my wife was telling me the other day, Chia, I think you're going bald, dude. I'm like, come with me. Come with me, Chia. Come with me. Do it off. But I can see the frustration. It took you two years when you finally sold the house, but it was that relationship that you built. And the so 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 no like um no it did not take me two years to do my first transaction it only took me a month to do my first transaction because i was like i was like coming to the office every day making phone calls every day i was working seven days a week when i first started and a lot a lot of the um 
During my first year, I shadowed a lot of the agents around the office and showed their clients homes just so I could know the area better. Mm. And sometimes I didn't get paid for that. Like, sometimes it's a sacrifice, I don't get paid right? for that. It was a sacrifice that you yeah, it was a, it was wanted a price. to learn, yeah. right? To learn. Mm -hmm. It was my price because I had to learn that. And I think that's what a lot of new agents make a mistake on is they don't want to pay that price. They don't want to work for free, you could say, right? Mm. Uh, but, but then they expect to get paid next week also. But then they mm. didn't do any work. So, so that's, that's what happened, you know? Like, um, so my first transaction was in a year. Uh, it was a super complicated one, but I got it done. And then it just kind of kept going. Real estate, if the day you start talking to people is the day your business is going to die. Communication and network. Yeah, and network. trust and relationship and is that key. Relationship. Yeah, you got to put yourself out there. Because, dude, I was a new person. Nobody knew who, who I was. Chia, who the heck is this dude? So the fastest way for me to, um, going back to your question earlier, how do I know which client to choose, right? In the beginning, you can't choose. Because you don't even have a track record yet. Yeah. They look you up, they're not going to see anything. So they, they're not going to go with you. So what do you do? You have to rely on somebody else's track record, which was your mentor or your broker or your team, right? That's what I did a lot. And then um, how when you first start off, you can't pick and choose your client because you need practice. It's not until you get so good and so busy that you can pick and choose your client and you can refer the clients you don't want to work with to somebody else, you know, but, but then like, for me, I work with pretty much everyone unless I have a feeling that they're just using me. Mm. That's the biggest thing in That's real the estate thing. is you get burned. You get ghosted by clients a lot. If you don't know what the heck you look for. New agents get ghosts all the time. They, they're showing 20 houses to this client, and then all of a sudden, this client is nowhere to be found. I know the struggle to trying to ask this girl on a date, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's, I think that's a little bit different, dude. <laughs> no, it can relate. Hey, <laughs> Dial. Uh, <laughs> I had to throw a sarcastic joke in there. A little bit off type, but not but in the haunted house story. Just for the heck of it. No. No, not really. No, nothing. No did, did nothing. Um, nothing makes your hair go up because you have still hair. You walk oh, in like, man, this place is creepy. I got one. Like, sure. The first time I experienced a drug house. Yeah, do tell. A little bit, yeah. You go in, and there's pots of marijuana pots everywhere. But of course, the plants all cut it down, and you see the two by fours where they put the pots on. You see all the vents going through the. This ceiling. place was foreclosed, obviously. No, it's not foreclosed. No. no, it's just Wait. been raided by the cop. But now they're selling it. The seller are selling it. To oh, I'm mistaken. It's foreclosed, and then it's just the banks. You have to deal with it. No. Oh. Dude, okay, right. so you go in. There's a bunch of pots just cut, and then yeah, what? you go in. You go in. You see a bunch of pots with the soils and vents, uh, uh, the air vents, the holes in the ceilings. Dude, like the first time I experienced that, I was like, what the heck is going on? And I had to go back to my mentor. Because remember, <laughs> every time I didn't know anything, I went back to my mentor. So I went back to my mentor, and my mentor was like, yeah, that's a girl house. It's a girl house. Like, they, they were using that house to plant marijuana and distribute indoor. And so, like, you know, the first time I, I experienced that, I was like, what the heck? This stuff is like the movie. Crazy, and, and you're right the in the middle of it. Yeah, and then the cra second crazy story is, we were right in front of a house that got raided. The SWAT team came out of nowhere, right? They came out of nowhere, and then they counted to three on the front door. They're just yeah, dude. They had Gun, guns, guns blazing. Everywhere. Okay, dude. No, no, no. They were blazing, but they got their guns out. But then they were all in SWAT team. Uh, they had like that little barrel where they knocked down doors, and they're like. We're coming in, one, two, three, boom, they just barge in. Next thing you know, five seconds later, all the people inside the house gets dragged on the floor with handcuffs. <laughs> and then you see the SWAT team going there with big trash bags. And they come out, nothing but marijuana. You and guys are like, next door, show the house. 
yeah, dude, crazy. And then, <laughs> broad like, daylight, broad like, daylight. And, yeah, broad daylight, dude. Like, like probably nine or ten a.m. in in the morning, yes, and then, like, I'm just asking myself, the movies are real. <laughs> <laughs> what happens in the movies are real, dude. Like, like you can't unsee that, right? Yeah, and like, yeah. dude, those are some of the craziest stories, man. Like when I experienced that, I was just like, what the heck? But then. But then, like, when you're a realtor, the first thing you do, I don't know if every realtor does this, but I do this. The first thing I did when I found that out was I, I tried to look up who the owner was. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know they're going to sell it. They're going to uh, have to sell it later uh, on, right? So then we're going to do some illegal owners. distribution here. <laughs> oh, dude, like, I, I get access to all of that, right? And I'll be curious. I'll be like, I wonder who owns that. House. I'll look at the address. I'll be like, oh, oh. Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. I need to get in touch with them and sell his own toil. <laughs> I like your thinking, right? I like your thinking because man, you're like, I bet you're like, in no doubt, I know he has money to pay down payment. <laughs> and his down payment, I don't care how illegal he got it, it's my payment for the next week. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, man, you're just killing it out there with in real estate, man. Uh, keeping all the videos, you're making great content, uh, and you're just killing it four or five years now. Let's talk about today, man. Let's talk about today with the pandemic. Is it much harder to sell today than when you started? It is. It is only if you did not prepare yourself. I think I was really uh, fortunate because um, I started, like I said, I started making videos when I first started, 2016. So people already knew me for my videos already. And then when this happened, guess what everybody was doing? Everybody was at home watching videos. So I already had a bunch of videos out. And then I think, and so a lot of my transactions during this pandemic, Due to all my videos that I've been putting out there, people already knew me. It was it just wasn't the right time. But then now they're all calling me because they already know who I am. Somehow my videos built a connection and a relationship with them already, where they already knew me, even though I never met them. You know what I mean? So that's pretty powerful. You know, when you think about that, that's why you need to start doing videos too. Yeah, but, tell uh, us about your YouTube channel. It's like in your YouTube channel. I mean, we're talking about anything about real estate. How to buy a house? How to build a house? How you ever a first-time home buyer? What do you do? I'm so for the summer. So much content. I love it. What is your channel on YouTube? Chia talks. Just no space. Chia talk. There you go. Chia talks, man. I've seen a few, and I'm like, man, this is really straight to the point content, and I love it, brother. Because you, yeah, you gained like so much knowledge over the years. Again, because you know you felt. I'm gonna, you know, I'm saying you fell for the for the first transaction, but you yeah. burn that burn inside you. What drove you now more passion to learn and to be the best version of a real estate agent? Yeah. And I felt the second one and not leaving those closing costs in it or out yeah. of it, you know. So it was a lesson. I, I learned my lesson from that, yeah. So for those real estate uh, out there who wants to be or is it, there's a lesson learned right there too. Have you shared that in your YouTube video? Um, about that what, experience? dude? Yeah. About that experience? Absolutely. No. Oh my no. God. Not oh yet. My. You have to tell that story. Not like, yet. It's, it's the gut and real of why you're doing it. And this one gets real personal, you know? It is your personal experience. Now. But, but yeah, man, yeah, we're going to um, come to a, a closing and is – you know, could you tell the Chia, the 10-year-ago Chia, an advice, a younger version of himself, of if he wants to be a real estate agent? You give that would advice? I? What, yeah, oh, what would you what tell him? What advice would I tell him 10 yeah. years ago? Yep, the 10-year-old version, older, uh, older of you. Man, I would a tell him. About that, how, older and younger version. How about younger? How about that? The younger, younger. version. I think younger is better. The, the younger Chia... Yeah, I will probably tell him to focus more on self-development. Focus so a lot more on self-development and um, start building relationships now 
with people because it's such a small world. You never know who you're going to run back into. You never know who you're going to sell a house to. And like, you never know who you're going to be in business <clears throat> with because it's such a small world. The people that you go to school with in high school or the people you're going to school with in general or work with, you're going to see them again in life. It's such a small world, you know? And uh, you don't want to be, you don't want to make that mistake of then building a relationship during that time when you've grown. You want to start building at the moment you meet those people. If they're great as an individual, start building that relationship with them because they're going to be great as an adult. And maybe they might have a few things that, or a nugget that could be good for you too. You know? So that's, my, that's probably what my uh, advice would be is for that. And I would probably say to uh, risk and fail more. Because <laughs> I'm the type of person to where I'm a people pleaser. That's what a lot of people try to tell me. Uh, is I get really upset whenever I can't please someone. You know? And whenever I find out about it, it gets me really upset. So I think, and then that prevents me from trying to fail more because I'm, a, I'm afraid of rejection. So I had to overcome that. Uh, at, at a, uh, older age, so I would probably tell myself to go through rejection more. That's a whole nother story about him and his wife, how they met. <laughs> oh, dude, that's a story, dude. That's a story. Well, let's leave that for another time. But yeah. But thank you so much for giving that advice, man. Um, Chia, yeah, what does it mean to be a Hmong man to you, man? What does it mean to be a Hmong man? I think, for me, um, it means to remember my roots and to um to be that person that helped your community like that's the reason why i started kid talk was i went on the radio and i was getting people calling me on the radio asking me super basic stuff like chia how much do i need down for a house oh three and a half percent down how much is that depends on the home <laughs> How much though? Just give me a number so that way I know what to save. It's like I had to break it down. So I got so many of that that it led to man, people really don't know what they don't know. So I created Cheetah so that way I could sh share that message at a bigger, bigger, uh, bigger uh, at a, audience. So that way I could cast my net bigger to a bigger audience, right? So that way there's archives of information. That's why I did that. So I think that's always been my. That's always been my calling, I feel, is serving people. And, like, I just want to serve our community. Like, there's so much our community is lacking. We're just now coming up, you know? But we are still so lacking. We're, like, behind. Dude. We're, like, the lowest of the food chain, you know? Like, like right now, dude, my mom just got a cell phone. She just now getting, people are just, Hmong people are just now getting to Facebook. But, Can then, I like, follow Facebook's your mom? but Facebook's already dying, right? Can I follow your mom on TikTok? <laughs> She's not even there yet, you know? <laughs> but then I don't even want to show her TikTok. All over it. You know what I mean? Next thing you yeah, know, yeah. you got all these freaking OGs on TikTok. But then like, yeah. but then like, that, that's what I mean by like our culture, our community is so behind that we need more young folks like you. Uh, like Lou, like so many more other people to step up and be a leader in their community. So that way it could be like a whole gang of entrepreneurs that start leading the community because adults, they're stubborn. You know, the older, the first generation, they're stubborn. And so it's, I think it's, I believe it's up to the second and third generation of our community that's gonna really take our community to bigger heights. Our podcast is needed to educate and empower. And of course, we talk smack sometimes too, but really overall, really educate and empower. That's why I brought amazing guys before you and now you too. This podcast to bring the best value. And us being first generation, we want that education. I know your dad didn't teach you real estate, obviously. My dad didn't teach me to be, you know, my own business as a mechanic and so forth. No, no, but. We have a stepping stone as this platform, an archive to your children, to my children, yeah. to whoever is kids or not even our, our home kids, but people who love and listen and learn 
uh, whether they want to be real estate or whatever we have talked in the podcast to really educate that. And again, I can't thank you enough to, man, to have uh, this evening to have a chat and educate and talk to our audience. But lastly, man, where can we follow you, man? Can we give us a quick pitch of we'll find your YouTube or give us all your connections for those who are interested? So just look up Chia Talks on Facebook um, and YouTube. That's really where I'm at. Watch my content. If you haven't subscribed, go subscribe. Check out my content. I'm always trying to be better at it. Um, work on my craft. But yeah, you can get in contact with me through Chia Talks on Facebook. I'm always there. I'm always there trying to see who I can help empowered inspired and just talk you know? there you have it again thank you so much man for coming yeah, on man, it was, and it having was fun chat. dude we gotta do this again mm, till then well that ends our episode if you haven't yet visit our website at www.momentalk.com or find us on facebook moment talk lastly if you're listening on on us on a podcast from stitcher or spotify google play or itunes please give us an honest rating one last thing we want to give a shout out and dj peter for allowing us to use their song and beats thank you so much you can check them out on youtube